The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Oh, we've got some responses to my Twitter question as to what the Steelers are to the Ravens if the Chiefs are kryptonite. The most common is Red Sun because Superman loses his powers, Chris, under a red sun. Aren't all suns red, though? Our sun's not red. You know our sun's yellow. Yellow? I don't care. Have you been to an eye doctor lately? Well, yellow was the color of your skin a few weeks ago on the show when you had jaundice. That's right. I know yellow. I don't have jaundice. It's just the filter. (laughs) You know, that wasn't enhanced either. That was the (laughs) actual color. It was. That they allowed me (laughs) to be portrayed as... I was, uh, people were concerned for me. Oh, I people mean. People thought I had some sort of an illness. My I mom, got texts. I got emails. Yeah. My wife. Right. Got, got her brother. It was like, what the hell's wrong with your husband today? Oh, I, I got them too. You know, and you know, I got it from my mom. My mom, Dirty Diana, she was all concerned about you. She was like, oh, you know, oh, Christopher, Florio's coloring's off today. You know, she sent me one of those texts. Like she was worried about your physical stature there. So, okay, yeah. you're okay. Well, good. Well, thank you. Thank you, Diana. Yes. Um, all right. So uh, that was a fun little thing. And uh, yes, I do not look forward to another occasion of being yellow or green or anything other than what I naturally am. Okay. What's more likely heading into week nine? The fulcrum. You know what a fulcrum is? Uh, I don't think I do. I feel like I've heard the word, but what does it mean? The fulcrum is like the absolute midpoint. So we've got eight weeks on each side. Right. Week nine is the fulcrum, right? right? Because we got 17. So got week you. nine, the fulcrum of the season. We've gotten here. That's the good news. Will we get to the end? Who knows? We only hope that it works out. Let's get ready for the games to come this week with a what's more likely exercise. Seahawks, 6-1 and one at the 6-2 and two Bills. What's more likely? Your boy Blue, Josh Allen, gets back to an MVP-level performance or the Seahawks defense carries over last week's pretty good game against the 49ers yes yeah this is uh it was it was a pretty damn good game for the 49ers but this is a different matchup and I think this is a matchup that is not as good for the Seahawks as it was last week you know the the thing that was that played into the Seahawks last week is they're not bad at run defense they'll sell out to stop the run and of course we know the 49ers want to run the football and their drop back pass game is not special well it's like the opposite this week this is a special drop back pass game, and this is a quarterback who's got some weapons to go along with it, and a pretty gr- creative offensive coordinator. And then I look at like, you know, still lack of pass rush with the Seattle Seahawks and things like that. To me, this is where Josh Allen can create time and do that. I'm gonna go. Josh Allen gets back to MVP like level. I don't know if that translates into them winning the game, but I think he'll play a really good football game, put up big stats and going to look more like the guy we saw earlier in the year than as compared to the last, you know, four games where it's been a little up and down and they've had some struggles. First four games, incredibly impressive. They won all of them. Then they lost two in a row, and it feels like they've been fighting for the last two weeks to get out of that funk. Yes. Here's Josh Allen talking yesterday about facing the Seahawks this weekend. We understand how how well the Seahawks are playing and how well – um, you know, the quarterback 
Uh, Russell Wilson is playing there. And, um, you know, we got no small task, you know, this coming week. They're, um, you know, top in a lot of statistical categories on the offensive side of the ball. And we got to make sure that we're doing our part and trying to keep them off the field as much as possible. But, um, you know, they got some very opportunistic guys on defense. And they're forcing a lot of turnovers. So it's, it's going to be a four-quarter dogfight. We understand that. It's good to know that Josh Allen is old enough to grow a beard. I think that's the first time he's sported that look. I, I almost did right. double take, though. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, getting ready for the winter in Buffalo. Got to keep the face warm in uh, one of the colder areas of the country. That's going to be a fun and, game. And look, yeah, well, it is going to be a fun game because, number one, we're waiting for the Bills to wake up again, and this is going to be one of the tougher opponents they face the rest of the way. Number two, Jamal Adams, full go at practice yeah. on Wednesday for the first time in five and a half weeks since he suffered the groin strain against the Cowboys way back in week three. He had a limited practice last Friday. He had an illness on top of the groin issue. Full practice this week. Hasn't played. Full practice Wednesday is a pretty clear sign that barring some sort of a setback or an aggravation, he'll be good to go on Sunday, which will make it harder for Josh Allen to get back to his MVP level performance. No, no doubt. I mean, Jamal Adams is he's special. We saw that the first few weeks of the year and you know, they they've put him in some tough spots and asked him to do a lot of a lot of tough things as far as the safety's concerned, but uh yeah, I would think that there's an emphasis on getting Jamal Allen's uh, Jamal Adams to be a blitzer this week or be around the line of scrimmage to oh, Josh Allen broke out of the pocket. Now you go spy or run him down and be that guy. I think you could see that a lot this week. It'd be interesting. And we're also going to see Carlos Dunlap this week too, right? Uh, that'll be another interesting wrinkle in the game too, just to see where that goes. The uh, Arizona Cardinals are hosting the Miami Dolphins. It's Kyler Murray versus Tua Tonga-Vailoa. They have a little bit of a history from their college days, yep. crossing paths when Kyler was at Oklahoma and Tua was at Alabama. Here's Tua talking about the quarterback he'll be facing this weekend. I'm very excited to go up against him. I would say first impressions when I when I met him, he's you know he's pretty jacked up. You know for for as you know short as he is, he's he's I mean this guy's rocked up. Um, but he he's very competitive. Um, you know he's very personable too. I got to meet his parents as well at the Heisman ceremony. Very good family. Um, you know, but against going against guys like that who are very competitive and you know you're going to get their best. Um, I, I think that's going to be a fun one. I like how Tua was as diplomatic as possible. He wanted to say he's really short because he is, yeah. but that just makes his skill set even more right. impressive and yep. it makes it even more fun to watch Kyler Murray. And here's the fundamental difference. Kyler has proven it over and over again. Tua, the jury's still out yeah. because last week it was more about the defense than it was about Tua Tonga-Vailoa. So what's more likely this week? Dolphins 4-3 and three at the 5-2 and two Cardinals. Brian Flores, the Miami coach, contains Kyler Murray, or Tua airs it out for the Dolphins to be successful? Oh, I, I, I think I'm going to go with door number one on this one. I, I think Brian Flores will contain Kyler Murray. I do. You know, one, we saw Matt Patricia in Detroit have the right game plan, right? And again, of course, they were coaching together in New England. You know, after New England got torched by Deshaun Watson his rookie year and scrambling and everything like that, they've really, after that, came up with plans to limit quarterbacks who can move a lot from running around, extending plays, and doing that, what Deshaun Watson did to them on that certain day. And I think they have the right formula as far as not going past the quarterback, pushing the pocket that way. They'll have certain guys who, oh, it looks like they're blitzing, but yet they're just kind of hanging around the line of scrimmage, watching for, like looking for crossers, but really watching Kyler Murray for when he makes the break, they're there to meet him at that break point. Added also, Mike, like we, we saw, like I mentioned, Detroit kind of slow them down. This Miami Dolphins defense has got studs. They got three legit corners. You know, they got big people in the middle who can really push the pocket. And then, you know, guys like Van Noy and Emmanuel Ogba are good on the outside. They're not superstar pass rushers, but they understand how to play football, take to the coaching, and they are good athletes in that too. So, yeah, I'm 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 going to I'm going to bet on the Dolphins defense really slowing Kyler Murray down. 
In his debut last week, Tua Tonga-Vailoa was 12 for 22 for 93 yards. It's an average of 4.22 yards per attempt. His average throw was five yards downfield, third lowest of any quarterback last week. I think we all want to see him air it out a little bit more. We all want to see him have to play at a higher level. Right. We don't know whether he can because he didn't have to last week because the avalanche came quickly, and before you know it, you're in a different mindset as an offense, right? Yes, well, yeah, definitely. You, you can't blame anything for Tua. La- the game just unfolded that way last week. He didn't have to do anything. He played it the right way. He had the mistake early on. Then the defense started playing well. Special teams, you know, scores a touchdown. And then it became, hey, let's be conservative. They threw a lot of short passes, swings to the back, screens. He really only made two legit throws in the football game. The slant touchdown, that was great. And he threw a comeback to his right a little later on. You know, both look good. He's got good pop in his feet. We'll see where it goes. I, you know, I can't say I sat there and went, ooh, man, the ball flies out of his arm. And, man, it really pops off the screen that way. No, I can't say any of that right now. He does look small out there. I'll say that, too. So we'll see where this goes. I'm really excited to evaluate him because you know I was very much on the fence with him in the draft process. And the other thing I just feel a little here is we heard a lot of buzz about Herbert and Burrow through training camp and things like that to make you think, ooh, these teams like what they're seeing. There wasn't buzz about Tua. And I'm not saying right or wrong, but I'm just saying in my experience, and I think you're probably the same way in the NFL and being around – Usually when that type of guy is really popping in practice and kicking butt, you hear buzz. And that gets out through the NFL, you know, rumorville and everything like that. And I think that's why I'm also very intrigued to see the Tua thing too because I feel like we never heard that buzz this year. Hey, I I recall my first experience with that dynamic back in 2003-2004 time frame when I heard from a source then that the Cowboys really love this kid they See, have on the yeah, roster exactly. named Tony Romo. Right. And I'm like, who the hell no. is Tony Romo? Right, right. Right? Yeah, I, same. Mike, I knew him only because, you know, he was around my, you know, my age and things like that. I knew the name. I could still remember being in Tampa and John Gruden coming in and, like, talking about that. It was that right there. He had heard from a coach, Buzz in the NFL. Hey, I'm hearing this Tony Romo guy's tearing it up down in Dallas. Like, Drew Bloodsoe's going to be in trouble. That's how much he's tearing it up. And you were like, what? Tony Romo? Are you serious? So, yes, that's exactly what I mean. I feel like that never happened with Tua this year. And we heard those type of things with Herbert and Burrow, and that's why I think there's an extra level of interest, at least for me. Pop quiz. If I say to you, who the hell is John F. Kennedy, what movie is that from? Hmm. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know. Who, who is this? Back to the Future. Man. Classic moment. Classic moment because he travels back before Kennedy was president, and he, he's looking for an address. He says, oh, that's over by John F. Kennedy Drive. And right. Who the, the guy the who hell? ultimately becomes yeah. his grandpa says, who the hell is John F. That's Kennedy? Right. That's Great. right. That's a good Funny good moment. pull there. Yep. Good job. Way to go. Right. I, it's been a while since I watched that, but that's a bingo term, right? Old movie reference that no one gets. That's a Florio bingo term. I don't know. Look, the control room's doing well enough <laughs> finding the bingos. There it is, you son. Bingo! Of, uh, yeah, uh, anarchy. Um, th- yeah, those are, uh, yeah, that's not your job. You have enough jobs to to do don't worry about the control rooms job okay let's move on to actual football talk carolina panthers three and five surprising but they've fallen into a bit of a lull here they lost to atlanta last thursday night they get to go to kansas city to take on patrick mahomes and the chiefs what's more likely carolina can maybe grind out the clock keep mahomes on the sideline drinking gatorade with christian mccaffrey back if he returns or teddy bridgewater airs it out to try to match the chiefs offense i i oof I got to think that if I'm going to pick one or two there, I'm going to put Teddy Bridgewater has to air it out. Um, Yeah, you can make plays on the the Chiefs defense, but I think the Chiefs will realize in this type of matchup too, like they're not going to let them play a slow death that way. Uh, Yeah, the Panthers are a pretty good running football team. They are, definitely. And I think they'll be worried about, yeah, we're just going to let them run the ball and Christian McCaffrey on eight and seven minute, you know, drives where they nickel and dime us to death and then Mahomes doesn't get on the field. You know, they've been aggressive for the most part the whole year. And I would think that continues. And Spags, you know, against these teams who can run the ball, he tends to take chances on the outside and go, okay, 
here, we're going to play aggressive, but we're not going to let you just run the ball down our throats all day long. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to err on that, that Teddy Bridgewater has to air it out because they'll see some favorable matchups with their receivers where they're just going to go, damn, I, I can't let them play all three of these guys man-to-man -man like this and we don't take shots down the field. So I would expect some big, big numbers this week from Teddy Bridgewater and company. The Chiefs have allowed 143 rushing yards per game. That's fourth most in the NFL. And McCaffrey's the key here. Yeah. And Sunday will be seven weeks since he was injured. It was way back in week two against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He suffered that ankle injury. That was that Sunday where the sky was falling for all the injuries that happened right out of the gates as the season began. And seven weeks, man, that's a bad, that's a bad ankle that injury really for him is. to be gone that long because there was that mindset. And I remember hearing at the time, you know, he's not going to even acknowledge there's a problem. That's not the way he's wired. And he's going to come back as quickly as he can. Well, you know what? It's smart that the Panthers were able to get him to wait until he's truly 100%. Matt Rule, the coach of the Panthers, said Wednesday that he's very hopeful McCaffrey will play. And if they're going to have any chance in Kansas City, they're going to need him. And this is the kind of game where you can maybe catch the Chiefs peeking ahead not bringing full focus, right? They lost to the Raiders this way because there are some big games on the schedule, and then there are the games on the schedule that you just kind of look at and you shrug. The problem is when you're the Chiefs, no one's shrugging Nobody. when they face you. You're right. getting the best of every team, and this is the measuring stick game, yeah. right? right? We've talked about that dynamic in the past. The Chiefs are now the measuring stick and they're going to be a measuring stick for the Carolina Panthers. All right, Ravens 5-2, and two, Colts 5-2. and two. Ravens are going to be without a bunch of defensive players Man. who are in the COVID-19 high-risk category. Although I think they, they may – I don't – again, I don't – the math, I never understand the math. I think maybe they get some of the guys back Saturday morning. Right. Right, so yeah. they're not going to be as ready as they would be. What's more likely, Phillip Rivers isn't sacked by the Ravens' defense or Baltimore sacks him – multiple times two or more times what's more like I'm gonna say multiple times I am one thing I'll say first off is I was really impressed with the way Yannick Ngakwe looked on that Ravens defense so that gives him another guy you know Phillip Rivers he will stand in the pocket and of course you know take some time in there to maybe let a play develop down the field and I think also with Baltimore Ravens and their ability to cover and do some confusing things on the back end That'll lead him to hold the ball a few times, you know, and I, I, I would think there's going to be a few moments in the game where, yeah, the Colts are not going to be able to just rely on the run game and they're going to have to drop back and move the ball that way to where I'm, I'm going to go with Baltimore, you know, getting multiple sacks on him. Phillip Rivers has only been sacked seven times in seven games, so that's an average of one per game. Yeah. The Ravens' defense has 24 sacks in seven games, and for six of them, they didn't have Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. Bears, Titans. This one is compelling to me because both teams are desperate. They've both lost two games in a row. They get together in Nashville. What's more likely, Tennessee gets multiple sacks, something they've had a hard time doing this year, or they disappoint versus another battered offensive line that Chicago line has been decimated by injuries by COVID and Nick Foles has been sacked nine times in the team's last two games Chris, Ooh. Like this is this one's hard too man this one might be the hardest one we've had yet where I just look at it because yeah there's the the Tennessee Titans are you know pass rush challenged a little bit they were better last week but that damn Joe Burrow got out about seven sacks so you know that's that's the the issue there um, the Bears are not really a hold the ball, let's wait for down the field throwing type team either. This is where I struggle with because, you know, as we see, Nick Foles, a lot of the times when he's throwing, it's an empty set or it's four wide receivers and they throw the ball and get the ball out of their hands pretty quickly that way. Um, I'm going to go with Tennessee gets multiple sacks this week. I am because of the COVID issues, because it's just not a very talented offensive line. And then I think also the fact that I think the Titans will be able to err on a little bit on blitzing, messing with the pass game because it's not a great run game you have to worry about defending with the Chicago Bears. And I think that'll lead them to finding a few creative ways to get after Foles, who can at times, you know, because he's so big and he is good at throwing with pressure around him, hold the ball a hair too long. So I, I'm going to go with it this week, even though I'm not feeling real comfortable. 
Jadavian Clowney knee injury. He has had that injury for several weeks. No practice for him on Wednesday. Here we Last go. Last week he didn't practice. Wednesday or Thursday he was limited on Friday. He played. He's got zero sacks. I know this year for the Titans. No zero zero. And they cut Vic Beasley this week. He had zero sacks. That was a wasted $9.5 million, although they're hoping that someone will pick up his contract on waivers and save them $1.85 million. So that, that tight, it's just weird to see a team that has that smash-mouth running game and has that old-school vibe that can't get to the quarterback on a consistent no, basis. No, it is. They've got seven sacks in seven games. Yeah, it, it really is. And they're, they're in a tough spot, too, because they have creative blitzes and things like that, but they haven't been able to – you know, hold up playing man-to-man, I think, as well as they would like either. So that's where Vrabel and company are a little in a, a tough spot. Clowney, again, you know, just to echo this, because I know you know this, but I just like to, you know, zero sacks. But, man, there's been a lot of games where, I mean, he's all over the place. He's disruptive as hell. Um, but, yeah, pure sacker, sack, you know, sack assassin or anything like that, that that's not his forte there. And, you know, it, it is about disruption and just pushing the pocket and things like that with him. We have yet to convince the Elias Sports Bureau to make F up the play in official stats, so we have not been we'll tracking get there. that. We'll get there. All right, Steelers-Cowboys, one of the great rivalries, interconference rivalries. It's special when they play. Not as special this year because the Cowboys stink. It's going to be Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush playing quarterback for the Cowboys on Sunday. What's more likely, the game is decided at the end of the first quarter or we actually have reason to watch in the second half unrelated to over, under, or whether or not the Steelers cover the 14-point spread? Well, I mean, there's a wide gap here, but I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to go with the first one. Game is decided at the end of the first quarter. I, I am. I mean, the Steelers, I mean, they're foaming at the mouth every week. I think they're a team that's, you know, feeling the vibes of how good they are, and they're going to relish this. And I don't think you're going to catch them sleeping. In fact, I think they're going to go, man, this is going to be fun. We're going to beat the crap out of this football team. Like, I think they're going to enjoy it. They're going to be like, man, I think we could actually pulverize them into the ground. I think that's – and I, I would expect uh, this to be, yes, the Cowboys come out and try to run and have a few things with Ezekiel Elliott. There's no chance that happens. The Steelers will be ready. And they're going to force eventually that those those quarterbacks into some passing situations. They're going to turn the ball over. I just I think this will certainly be over by halftime. But I'll I'll take the end of the first quarter for this exercise here. Ben Roethlisberger's 0-2 all-time at AT&T Stadium. One game was against the Packers, Super Bowl 45. The other game was a regular season contest against the Cowboys. And this is where being the Cowboys hurts the Cowboys when they're bad. We talked about the Chiefs being that measuring stick type of a team for any other franchise that faces them because the Chiefs are so good. Right. The Cowboys, because they're America's team, because there's that extra sizzle, that yes. flash, that great stadium. You you go there and you don't step into the trap no, you of don't. they stink. Right. You go there and you're motivated. It's a big stage. Even if the Cowboys are winless, it's a big stage, and that makes it even more likely the Steelers won't, won't stumble and 8-0 is looking pretty good for them. All right, Sunday Night Football. Game of the week, Saints-Bucks, 5-2 and two New Orleans, 6-2 and two Tampa Bay. What is more likely? Tom Brady, at 561 career touchdown passes, maintains the all-time record after this game, or Drew Brees, who has 560, takes it back from him. I'm going to go with Tom Brady here. I am. You know, Tom Brady is just – his arm is still too explosive. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And, of course, they have the explosive weapons to go on the outside and do that. And then added to that, I mean, Tom Brady's team has the number one defense in football, you know, and they can get after the quarterback and they can cover you man-to-man, you know, and they can do some creative things that way. And they don't let up a lot of big plays, you know. That's that's the issue on the other side, too, is not only, like, yeah, Breeze on that offense can't, you know, make a lot of big plays, but – the biggest issue with the Saints is they're letting up big plays by the handful every game. I mean, I, I, it's amazing with the Saints. You know, they're a top 10 defense in yards allowed. They go through series of just dominating where you just go, whoa, is this the best defense in football? And then all of a sudden they'll have three or four plays out of 10 where it's like there's 60 yards, there's 40 yards. There, What the hell happened? So uh, from that aspect, that's why I got to go with Brady there. Yeah, I agree with you too. And, you know, how much – do you believe 
Brady is pissed off that his first game as a Buccaneer was against the Saints and it didn't go well and he had the pick six and he got called out. How much of that? I mean, he doesn't need any extra motivation. He's got plenty. Yeah. But do you think he has a little something more for this one because of the way week one turned out? I definitely do. And the fact that Drew Brees is over there and everything like that. Like, listen, th both of these guys are paying attention to this record. You can guarantee that. And this is personal to them. And I would bet you it's more personal to Drew Brees because he's like, wait, this was my one thing. I had this. Like, <laughs> you got everything else. Let me have my damn thing. And that's where, you know, Brady's amazing. And, you know, the way Brady looks, I mean, he's not stopping after this year. There's no reason to stop. I mean, it's, it's still one of the best throwers in football. You know, he's amazing that way. And, you know, and again, where I'll just say I don't even think it's close in this discussion anyways is Tom Brady – played up in New England all those years in that weather in December and was still throwing those touchdown passes like that. And to me, that's where it's like worth an extra hundred touchdowns compared to what Drew Brees did. And that's where, you know, I, I think Brady's amazing. Here's what I want to know. Yeah. I want to know if Hall of Fame president David Baker is going to be there with a sheet of paper that he will take from Tom Brady and give to Drew Brees. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Brees passes him. So Baker goes and takes the sheet of paper from Brady and gives right. it to Brees. And then Brady passes Brees. And David Baker says, hold on a second. Takes the sheet of paper back from Brady and Brees and gives it to Brady. And we're saying that because there was some record. And it seems like every time Drew Brees plays in primetime, he sets some sort of a record. Yeah. And they handed him a sheet of paper. I think it was laminated, which makes it a little bit better, I guess, when he set one of the all-time records. But yeah, you're right. Breeze is the guy who's the stat machine. Breeze is the guy who is destined to have all the all-time records. But uh, here's the problem for him. Tom Brady's going to play longer than he does. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to watch it go back and forth. But unless Breeze is going to play one more year, Tom's going to own this thing when it's all said and done. Yeah. It's. I mean, again, th this is where Tom, you know, again, I think he'll always be underrated for his physical ability. Do I think he's a little overrated in a little ways? Yes, you've heard me say that, definitely. Yeah, no, I you know I don't think he's the greatest of all time. I don't. I think he's amazing. I mean, he's certainly one of the three or four best of all time. He got put in a great situation, you know, that you know, kind of accumulated into, hey, I'm the greatest quarterback of all time. But I think we could put some other quarterbacks here in the top five. We put them in New England. They'd have a lot of hardware, too. And I'm not trying to take disrespect from them that way. But, you know, Brady, I've never seen anybody be this consistently good for this long. That is where nobody is going to challenge Tom Brady. At least I don't expect them to in, a, in our lifetime. I mean, because it's really it's, amazing. And especially, as you've mentioned before, it's like two different Hall of Fame careers. He went through a lull there in 2009, 10, and 11, and even 12, where it wasn't great football. Yeah, they won, and they were still a good team and things like that. But, man, after that on to Cincinnati, he changed his crap around, and he's been like, you know, it was like a revert back to Brady in the first five, six years of his career, and he's been a phenomenal really ever since. I think it was on to Cincinnati combined with the drafting of Jimmy Garoppolo yes, that right. fueled the second half of right. his career and, and created the argument that you could have two Hall of Fame busts with Tom Brady's name on them pre-2008 and post-2010. Look, it's fun to do the what would have happened if quarterbacks were in yeah. different spots. Yeah, and, right. and we've had the conversation about, gee, how many Super Bowls would they have won with Aaron Rodgers over the last 15 years? I, I still come back to the question of whether or not Aaron Rodgers is wired to put up with Bill Belichick over the long haul. Brady was able to do it for 20 years. Chris, I don't think Aaron Rodgers could do it for 20 years. Well, I, I don't know. You know, again, I, if Aaron Rodgers is drafted by them and gets into that environment from day one, Aaron Rodgers was brought up in an environment that, hey, it's Brett Favre. He's the king of the team. Look, whatever he says, we do. Hey, oh, Aaron Rodgers, you're now the you took over. You're the king. Wait, you put two good seasons. Hey, king of the team. Aaron. So that's. You know, that's where it's hard for me to differentiate that way. You know, I, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers would have an issue there. I don't. You know, again, you know, I think, again, Peyton Manning, you know, I'm sure he's a pain in the butt too in a lot of ways, but I think if he was drafted by New England, again, it'd be really damn good results and he'd be kicking butt there too. So I, I, I don't know, Mike. That's a tough one. A lot of that is set or comes about 
by, oh, I was drafted here. This is the culture. I don't know any different. And that's how it kind of molds these guys going forward. All right, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, we'll turn our attention back to the Thursday night football game that starts week nine. Packers at 49ers. Some PFT props coming up when PFT Live continues right after Right after this. Right after this. Shut up. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Thursday Night Football, San Francisco 49ers hosting the Green Bay Packers. There is the long list of guys who will not be available for the home Holy team. Holy crap. Injuries, the COVID-19 positive, Kendrick Bourne, and then the high-risk close contact protocol that has knocked out Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams. Just an amazing array of talent that will not be available to the 49ers. But hey, they're going to play the game. And the Packers have injury issues as well and COVID issues. A.J. Dillon on the list. Jamal Williams, one of the close contacts. He's not available. Aaron Jones with the calf injury. He's questionable. He made the trip. I saw that Mike Garofolo of NFL Media said there is not optimism at this point that Jones will be able to go with that calf strain. So they shouldn't play him. They shouldn't. They ju just don't. It's okay. Don't risk bringing him back on a Thursday when he's not 100% when he's your running back and he's definitely one of the best players on your team. And you know the 49ers are, you know, in Strugglesville right now. This, to me, would be the game where I'd go, you know what, Tyler Irvin – uh, I'm blanking out on the other running back that's on the roster that's there. I would just go, this is what we're going to do. If we can't beat this damn team with all these players out without Aaron Jones, then we're not for real anyways. And I, I just wouldn't risk it to have them lose them, you know, another three weeks or so to play tonight. Yeah, they actually didn't have another tailback other than Irvin, but they had a guy in the practice squad. Yeah, so they were going to bring I, up, right? That, that I assume has been brought up. Oh, yeah, Dexter, Dexter Williams. Williams from Notre Dame. That's who it was, right. And yeah. I think I think uh, that's what I read yesterday, that he was going to be in the rotation with, with Irvin, so we'll see. But I wouldn't risk it playing Aaron Jones. Again, I just I think that's that's a tough injury, especially for a running back when they plant that foot in the ground. And, hey, they're a team that's – they got their eyes on the Super Bowl. Keep the eye on the prize. Don't, you know, don't make it all about this week and right now, this second. All right, PFT props time. Odds provided by Points Bet Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of NBC Sports. And let's start with the assumption that Nick Mullins will be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Will he throw an interception, which is another way of saying over-under on interceptions for Mullins, 0 0.5. Yeah, got? I'm going to say he throws an interception. Yes, I, I am. You know, I, I just... I know they'll rely heavily on the run game, but the way he played last time, all the injuries they have, I just don't think they're going to be able to sit there and just rely on the run game all game long. At some point, he's going to have to throw the football a little bit, and man, who the hell is he going to throw to? Uh, so that's where it just, uh, I just go, yes, he's going to throw an interception at some point during this game. And, and let's make it even more interesting. Right. Over under 0 0.5 on interceptions thrown by Nick Mullins, to a Packers player when there's no 49er receiver within 10 yards <laughs> over under. I hope we got past that. Hopefully he's learned that in the meantime, since the Eagles football game. Right. So, I mean, let's listen, I'll, I'll ask you and I'm, I'm truly intrigued. You know, I really am. I don't know. And of course I'm not in the building. I haven't talked to Kyle Shanahan in forever. 
I don't see the practices. I don't know that, but I don't know if I'd have the guts to start Nick Mullins tonight if I was the head coach of the team. That's just, you know, and again, like we said, like I said, we don't see it, but I, how, how, what's like, what's your gut say about that? Well, people assume it's Mullins because Mullins came in for Garoppolo right. last week, but Kyle Shanahan explained a few weeks back that once Garoppolo was healthy, they were going to make the decision each week between Mullins and Beathard based on the game plan and the matchup, not based on how the guys were performing. And he specifically said he doesn't want them to think there's a competition each week at practice. He doesn't want that extra stress on them. This is about matchups and game plan. So... The fact that Mullins came in doesn't mean that yeah, Kyle Shanahan currently has Mullins ahead of Beathard on the depth chart. Right. So, I mean, we'll just see. Look, Mullins was horrible. Beathard really didn't get a chance to play all that much before Garoppolo came back. So, I'd be more inclined to give Beathard a shot, but I'd be so. I'd be ready and willing to go to Mullins. And, and frankly, if they're that interchangeable, I'd get them both ready and maybe use them both. That may be my edge here to the extent that the Packers uh, aren't fully ready for either guy, make them deal with either guy. Yeah, I, I make mean... Make them deal with both guys. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw both tonight. I wouldn't... I would be leaning towards C.J. Beathard, too. Just just from this aspect. You know, like, yeah, we saw Mullins last week. I would think we saw Mullins because he was the backup, and I bet you they thought they were going to have a little more success running, and then the boot game and things like that, a movement... We're going to be more of play, and that's why Mullins is the backup. Beathard has more of an ability to make plays with his arm as a drop-back passer. And, man, with these injuries and the running back issues and everything like that, I just can't imagine that the run game bootleg game is going to be able to carry them that way to where they're going to have to make some plays in the drop-back pass game. And to me, just, you know, again, in the limited we've seen, I think C.J. Beathard has a more explosive arm and is a little more more capable of making things happen that way to where he might give them an advantage tonight. I'll be I'll be interested in, in where Shanahan goes with this one. Let's flip it over to the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers over under on the passing yards three hundred. And remember, no Aaron Jones, quite possibly no Jamal Williams, no AJ Dillon, Tyler Irvin, Tyler Irvin, excuse me, and Dexter Williams. The options at tailback they may have to throw it a lot. Over under three hundred. Gosh. I you know they're not a team the 49ers they're not easy to throw the ball on um but I I think I'm gonna have to, oof, I don't know what I'm gonna do here I think I'm gonna have to go for over 300 tonight I I don't feel real comfortable about that but the one thing I would hope that Green Bay takes away from watching Seattle from versus San Francisco last week more than anything is just going wait you know, we don't always have to make things so complicated. A lot of the times it ends up man-to-man -man on the outside versus their receivers. It's either 3-deep zone or man-to-man. -man. And last week, R Russell Wilson and company just went, no, wait, our guy out there is better than your guy, and we're just going to – me and him, one-on-one. -on -one, we're just going to beat you up that way. And I, I don't know why Rodgers and Devontae Adams wouldn't do the same thing tonight. Now, the 49ers don't give up a ton of big plays. That's where I'm a little hesitant, but – Without maybe an Aaron Jones, I think the 49ers will be all over the run game. I'm going to go with Rodgers there, but uh, I don't feel terribly comfortable with that. I think it's more realistic. He run a 280, 270-type game. So I guess I don't I'm disagree saying, with yeah, that. Yeah, I think I could see more Devontae of that. Devontae Adams. Right. Devontae Adams. Most receiving yards for him or the field for the Green Bay Packers? I have a feeling this is an easy one for you. I, I, I Yeah, I'm going to – I want to go him over any oh, anyone in the any game. In the game. Anyone. I think that's what any, they're saying. either team. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Well, there's yeah, nobody. Still. On, it still doesn't. There's nobody that's going to challenge him there. Um. Yeah. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams here. You know, the only way I see it, and the 49ers aren't really one of these type of teams where they double people and do all of that. You know, maybe this is a week they do it without Aaron Jones in the game, and they realize, wow, Devontae Adams is the guy, and we're not sure who the hell else is the guy because that's a rotating door on a weekly basis. But I'm still going to go with him because they feature him, and they always got creative ways to get him the ball. Just got a statement from the Indianapolis Colts this morning. They were informed that a member of the Colts staff has tested positive for COVID-19. They're in the process of contact tracing. The individual self-quarantined. The team will practice today, but conduct all meetings virtually. So, look, this is the reality. They're going to pop up. 
You got 32 teams, and it's going to pop up. Positives are going to happen because the virus continues to spread in the communities where these teams are located. So get used to it. So now maybe it balances out a little bit. The Ravens have an issue. Yeah. The Colts have an issue. They square off on Sunday. All right, when we return, a closer look at the matchups for Week 9 of the 2020 season via our weekly Thursday matchup draft. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Mr. Mercedes is a Peacock exclusive drama series based on the best-selling trilogy by Stephen King's detective Bill Hodges is coaxed out of retirement and into a thrilling chase with serial killer Mr. Mercedes. Full episodes are available now right here on Peacock. Start streaming today as soon as you finish watching the show. You didn't start. You said you were going to start yesterday. I know. Well, I've been I've been transfixed by the election. Did you get a package yesterday? Uh, No, I don't. No, I did not. Why? At my house? Judge Judy's house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Amazon said it was delivered. So check all of your various boxes and stuff. Okay. Seriously. You sent me a gift? I I sent you a gift. Wow. I'm I'm very yeah. I'm excited. I'm I'll have to text well, the wife here and see if there's anything at the door. It says it was left on a porch or a something. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm always nervous about that because I'm never sure because I know what happens here. Even though there's the sign that has the address out in the front yard, we end up once or twice a week having to go play, find the package somewhere in the neighborhood with the scavenger hunt. Right. And, uh, yeah. So uh, ju- go check on Judge Judy. Maybe she's got okay. your package. They wouldn't let All that right. package uh, in that house. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Week nine, most important matchups. You've got a trivia question for me. Oh, wait. I do have the trivia question for you. Hold on a second here. Where Where is it? Uh Wait, where is it? Pete is in the sheets. Oh, okay. Okay. I was looking on my phone. Usually you text it. All right. Tom Brady and Drew Brees are obviously top two all time in TD passes. We talked about that. What QBs were top two back in 2001 when Brady and Brees each threw their first career TD passes? So, wow. Yes. You know, one. Dan Marino's one. Dan Marino's one. Who's the other one? Then the question is. Who was hanging in at number two? Brett Favre hadn't played long enough, so it wouldn't have been him. It would have been John Elway. Ba, 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 ba. No! No! Man, you couldn't even get your old quarterback? You couldn't even figure out of his friend Tarkenton? Elway didn't have more than Tarkenton? I don't wow. think so. Nope. I think he was I close. Remember when, but... I remember when Tarkenton got that record. I think it was 290. That was That was like I was unreasonably happy about that. And uh, and I was pissed. I remember being pissed when Marino beat him. So maybe I should have gotten that one right. Yeah, after you should have got. I just it right. thought I thought Elway had more because Elway was retired by then. I just thought Elway had more as well. All right, you get the first pick. All right, Elway never caught him. Yep, Elway never caught him. Um, I think I'm going to start off with um, this Colts front versus Lamar Jackson. That's the one where I'm going to go first. This Colts defense is number three in football and run defense. DeForest Buckner's been amazing. Darius Leonard, special, one of the best middle linebackers in football. I mean, they've been physically dominant, but they haven't played a team like this quite yet as far as the Baltimore Ravens, who also are physically dominant and, you know, cause some issues of what they do with Lamar Jackson. I think this is – I'm interested in one because I want to see how Baltimore bounces back after last week. They did a lot of good things but lost the football game. And, you know, the Colts – the last time they played a real good running team in like the Cleveland Browns, the Browns had their way with them. That's really about the only team that has. But I would, I guess I, we're not sure how good the Colts are too. And I think this is going to be something where, okay, here's a little bit more of a feel for how legit they are. Are they a, like a true Super Bowl contender or just a playoff type caliber type team? And that's where I'm excited to see this matchup this week. 265 rushing yards against the Steelers last week with J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram didn't practice yesterday, and they're going to realize sooner than later, if they haven't already, they don't need Mark Ingram next year. And I love Mark Ingram, but he plays a position where he's susceptible to that. And I think it's going to be Dobbins and Edwards and Jackson next year running the ball for the Ravens. All right, for me, and look, we've already talked about the Drew Brees, Tom Brady angle. They're never on the field together. I'm more fascinated by the Buccaneers, receivers and tight ends against the Saints, linebackers, and defensive backs. Right. Because Antonio Brown's going to play. Chris Goblin, we don't know yet. Mike Evans is healthy. Gronk is Gronk again. Good luck, New Orleans Saints, trying to slow that attack 
down. I can't wait to see that matchup on Sunday night, even though I have a feeling it's not going to go well for the Saints. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm excited to see it too. I am, you know, just the, the matchup of uh, Dennis Allen versus Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and what he does. Will he be as bold as he's been all year and take these chances of playing aggressive man-to-man -man and do that against this group in Tampa Bay? You know, that's what would scare me. Uh, Tampa can rush the passer, and, of course, it's hard to match up against them across the board. And the Saints just have a few plays every game where you just go, why? You know, you're doing well. Why did you have to go for the jugular right here? Did you have to, like, truly decapitate them? You know, you're still dominating. Like, what, what, why? And uh, that that's where I just think the Saints will have to readjust this week. I don't think they can play that style of football. I don't. You know, their best cover corner is Janoris Jenkins. Marshawn Lattimore has been struggle. I mean, struggleville. And that's where I find it hard to believe that they'll be able to match up and play man-to-man. -man. All right, my next one, I'm going to go to Brian Flores versus uh, Kyler Murray. I think that's the one I'm looking forward to, too. That's a sneaky, really intriguing game this weekend at 425. I mean, it's the best game at 425 this week. I mean, it's definitely better than the Steelers-Cowboys. We know how that's going to end. But, you know, with Miami, this, you know, resurgence here of their football team, how good they look, young talent – he coaches well. He's got good game plans about just about anybody he plays. I mean, he shut down Shanahan and McVay so far. Can he shut down Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury? You know, I'm, I'm excited to see how he approaches that whole thing with spies and can't containing him in the pocket and all that. So very exciting to me in that matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one thing to befuddle Jared Goff, but good luck with Kyler Murray because yeah. he's so nimble and everything you try potentially is going to fail. You can't even run a scout team when you're dealing with Kyler Murray because once you get out there and see Kyler Murray, there's no one else like him right now in the National Football League. Next one for me, I'm going to go with the Vikings secondary, which is completely gutted against Matthew Stafford, who can't practice this week. Ooh. He's key. He can show up Sunday and play. The Vikings had three corners that did not practice yesterday. They had another corner who was limited in practice. I can't wait to see how this plays out because I assume that the Lions will go forward with Matthew Stafford, even though he hasn't practiced. He, he's gonna. I mean, this this guy has played time and again when he's injured. Yeah. He's healthy. So right. what if I haven't practiced? I'm playing. Right. I, I want to see what he does against that Vikings secondary because even though the Vikings are feeling good about themselves coming out of last week. That defense is still overmatched, and uh, you know they they got yeah. lucky. They made a few stops. They yeah. had a questionable pass interference call that right. should have been made that was picked up. I want to see that matchup because whoever loses this game is done. The yes. winner still very much alive. The loser, it's over. Yeah, no, uh, I I hear you there, and you're right. I mean, like yes, the Vikings won last week, but yeah, you you know you watched the game back. It wasn't one of those things where you're like, oh, you know they. They were dominant last week in beating Green Bay. They never really stopped Green Bay the whole day. So uh, I hear you there. And, yes, you you got to play Matt Stafford. I don't care about practice or not, but uh, that'll be an interesting game altogether. It really will. And, and and you know, Kenny Galladay, is he healthy again? Is he back? I know he, he was a little banged up again, so that'll go a long way in that matchup to see where it goes to. All right, my last pick, I'm going to go J.A. versus J.A., and that's my boy blue Josh Allen versus Jamal Adams, because I think that is going to be fun to watch. Um, awesome game at one o'clock Seahawks going across the country against the Buffalo bills, Jamal Adams. It sounds like he's going to be back in full effect. And I would think he is going to be the guy that will be responsible for Josh Allen a lot. I think they'll blitz him thinking he'll track this guy down. He'll get him down that way. So I, I really think a lot of the game could come down to, yeah, Bills will make plays, do all that. Seattle will let up plays. We know that. But Seattle in every big game always creates one or two turnovers with the chaos they create. And Jamal Adams will be a big part of that. And I think a lot of the times they're going to find ways to blitz to where he's free and now it's going to be, okay, can you tackle this big soldier, Josh Allen, one-on-one, -on -one, which a lot of people can't. And uh, he sacks him a few times or hits him as he's throwing, things like that. I would go, oh, Seattle's going to win the game. Josh Allen escapes and doesn't have those type of plays. I'd go, uh-oh, I'd watch out. Buffalo might play the game. So that, that'll be a fun matchup. By the way, Galladay did not practice on Wednesday with a lingering hip right. injury. So that's a question mark as well for the Lions. Last one for me. We talked about this earlier, but I, I, I'm intrigued by it. 
with the Bears losing two in a row. Yeah. And they played the Saints much more closely than they played the Rams the week before. The Titans reeling. The one loss against the Steelers turned into a second loss against the Bengals. That Titans defensive line against the Bears offensive line. Injuries and COVID issues for the Bears OL. And the Titans can't get to the quarterback. And Jadavian Clowney still with the knee injury. Can the Titans get a pass rush on Nick Foles? Because Nick Foles is the kind of guy, look, if you don't get in his face, if you don't rattle him, if you don't start hitting him, he's going to make something happen down the field. So the Titans have got to get to him or they're going to get into maybe a shootout with the Chicago Bears, Chris. I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that game goes, too. You know, you, you can flip it around. I'm, I'm excited to see Derrick Henry go against that Bears front seven, too. How does that play out? You know, it's a sneaky, good matchup in that football game. A lot of little different angles to look at. So uh, good job. Good job of you. I won the draft, but way to, way to hang in there. We, we don't, you know, we're, 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 we're we, it's a team uh, effort uh, now. Uh, we uh, haven't uh, done uh, this whole one. I know, I know. <laughs> you go away. We're going to both go away for a couple of minutes. We'll be back to wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right now. Huge sports weekend looming. Saturday night, Clemson, Notre Dame, followed by Saturday Night Live with Dave Chappelle hosting, and then the NASCAR Championship at 3 Eastern on Sunday on NBC, culminating in Saints-Buccaneers coverage begins 7 Eastern with football night in America. How about this one that popped up last night, Chris? Logan Ryan, Giants defensive back, who signed with the team very late in the process, just before the start of the regular season. Logan Ryan credits a team trainer with potentially saving his wife's life. She had, on Tuesday morning, intense stomach pain and just wanted to sleep it off. So Logan Ryan mentioned it to one of the team's trainers, and the trainer said, no, she needs to go to the emergency room right now. And she did. She had an ectopic pregnancy, which is where the fertilized egg gets caught in the fallopian tube and busts through it and creates internal bleeding that oh. can be fatal. Oh. So Logan Ryan credits with the team trainer for potentially saving his wife's life. So, uh, uh, you know, there's a lesson to be learned there. Always go get checked out if you're having intense stomach pain, especially if you're a female and right. you possibly could have an ectopic pregnancy. But you just wonder. I mean, there's an alternate universe out there where Logan Ryan doesn't sign with the Giants. Yeah, I know. Does that happen? And doesn't get that information. Right. And this is how it all goes down. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's an amazing story. I mean, I wonder, you know, again, if it's Ronnie Barnes. He's been the head trainer there since, you know, my dad got drafted by the Giants. He's the man. He cares about Justin his players. Marr. Okay. Justin Marr. Justin Marr. Assistant right. trainer Justin Marr. Yeah, there's a lot of good people there. That's a great story. Glad they caught that. You know, Logan Ryan's good people, so that's good to hear. That's it for today. We'll see you for tomorrow on PFT Live. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.